Hey guys, we're so excited to see you at Slate Church today. Uh, for those of you in the chat, we would love for you to uh, comment what you had for breakfast. <laughs> Can we start again? <laughs> However, today is an even more special day for one reason. It is our very own Pastor Brandon's 30th birthday. We're celebrating. So, in honor of his birthday, we are going to be doing the Great Slate Bake Off. So, we have two cakes. You guys can bring those out. And in the next three minutes, we are going to decorate birthday cakes. Yes. So, in the chat, we want you guys to be cheering on your favorite cake. Mm -hmm. They will be judged at the end. Yes. By Pastor, Pastor Brandon. Brandon is going to be picking his favorite at the end. No pressure. Okay, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All are right. you ready? Yeah, I think so. Okay, you All made right. beautiful cakes so uh, far, no, by the way. No, okay. No, beautiful. Okay, so. one, okay. two, three, go. Okay, here we go. Okay. So Brittany, what? what is one of your funniest memories of Pastor Brandon? Um, do you remember the summer that we interned at the Slate office? I do. I feel like there was a lot of times that he was singing to the Spice Girls and dancing around. Oh, yes. That has to be a top. That also, counts. I have a video after um, Sisterhood one time, he inhaled a whole, like, giant helium balloon. Oh. So that was really funny. Excellent. So maybe Excellent. that video will make an appearance someday. I feel like I saw that on someone's Instagram not too long ago, but. I posted Luke's. Oh, that sounds amazing. Um, how about you? trip we took with uh, with both Pastor Brandon and Emma in a couple years ago to Newfoundland where we were shooting a wedding, my husband and I, and they were officiating a wedding. Ooh. And uh, we had the privilege of experiencing a moment where Pastor Brandon wanted a tattoo. His first, <laughs> his first tattoo. Now and, he has um, many. <laughs> yeah, he has many for sure, but he was interested in getting his first tattoo, just a very simple cross on his arm, and we decided <laughs> to go to a tattoo convention in St. John's, Newfoundland, oh. where uh, he proceeded to oh, walk goodness. through an old curling club and just the sound of tattoo guns just Oh the whole time. And uh, yeah, needless to say, he chickened out, unfortunately. Oh, he did? He didn't actually oh. get one, but it was certainly uh, an experience to remember. Nice, I like that. It was a fun time. Okay, what are we at? We have like less than a minute here. Oh, that went fast. Feel the pressure. Okay, well, those were balloons, <laughs> you know. Uh, now they don't look like balloons. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> it's, gonna, it's turning out more brown than I planned. Okay. It's gonna uh, be like tie-dye, you know? You're the pro. Brittany no. is like the creative queen if you don't know her, so now I'm just really feeling intimidated. So I'm just gonna start taking everything. <laughs> oh man, I'm feeling stressed. <laughs> Yours looks great. <laughs> Not at all. It was the, the glitter uh, poof that I did. Here's another mm. one. That's COVID wow. friendly, right? I'm not sick, I promise. I'm very healthy. Very oh no, healthy. I'm running out of this color. Okay. Okay. Oh, any other funny 20 seconds. Oh, shoot. Um, okay. Here we go. None that I can think of particularly. Oh. How about you? Yeah, I mean, another fun one that stands out is just, uh, well, 
we get to be have the privilege of being close friends with Pastor Brandon and Emma, and so we get to see a lot of fun stuff with them, but we've had the privilege of also being able to be around when their kids were born, which is mm -hmm. awesome. He's great friends with my husband, so we love them, and uh, we hope he has an awesome day, and this year is just a blasty blast being 30, because I'm turning 30 in a couple of months, so <laughs> yes. I'm really going for the pink here. Oh, how is it? <laughs> like, wow. Okay, one I... second left. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. Keep it on. Everything okay. COVID safe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. First of all, your husband is an okay friend. Of mine. And uh, no, he's a really good friend. He said that. Um, also, both of you are no longer. No. I, I gotta stop with the sarcasm. Okay. So. That's so cool. This one's gonna give me diabetes for sure. So. You used all the ice. I'm going to award a tie. Oh. But I'm gonna take this one. Um, thank you guys so much. Um, well, we're about to start church. Yeah. And Woo. Thanks for tuning into the pre-roll. Yeah. We can't wait, wait to, to worship be early with for you. Church. Yeah. <laughs> Top quality content. <laughs> church and no matter where you are tuning in from or how you found this link we are so good so good to see you <laughs> so glad to see you and listen we are back in some tight restrictions here in Ontario we're no longer allowed to do watch parties and you know what that can be really um, frustrating to be honest I'm a little bit frustrated by that but what we need to be doing is praying for our government what we need to be doing is praying for the state that we find ourselves in and praying that God would reach this world with his presence, with his goodness, salvation, all the rest. So no matter where you find yourself, um, today's a good day to sing out praises to God. Today is a good day to lift up the name of God. Today is a good day to lean in and worship. If you're used to sitting down, maybe watching in your bed, whatever that might look like, why don't you stand up if you can. If you're not driving, why don't you stand up right now? We're gonna lean into worship. I believe right now that if you're willing to lean in with everything that you've got, that you will not be disappointed. Honestly, you can have your money back if you're disappointed by the end of this service. I don't know how that'll happen. This is just some sort of weird guarantee. But I want you to know that today that God is ready to meet with you. He loves you. He cares about you. He cares about the state that our province is in. And he wants to meet us where we find ourselves. So right now, why don't we just pray and invite him to be a part of this service. Jesus, we are open. God, we lift up hands right now and surrender and say, God, we don't know the way out. We don't know when the end is gonna be. We're, we're disappointed, we're frustrated, we're all of these things. But most of all, God, we recognize that you are present in our current situation. You are present in our current circumstances. And God, we give over to you our fears. We give over to you our apprehensions. We give over to you our frustrations. And as children of God, we, turn to, we, we choose to turn and look to you as our Father and say, God, we need your strength today. So God, accept this praise that we have, accept our worship. We praise, pray this in your name, amen.
people. Church, we're going to take some time, uh, and we're going to continue to worship. But I want to encourage you just to put, put aside any distractions right now. Um, maybe, maybe this is the part of the service where it's like, oh, this is, this is, this is what we do. We just sing every week um, at, the, at this time. But I, but I want to encourage you to make this, make this more than that, more than just part of a, part of a routine. Um, on a Sunday morning, but let's actually like let's like worship God right now, and let's let's take in these lyrics and and let's thank Him, let's praise Him, let's thank Him for who He is, let's thank Him for what He's already done in our lives and the lives of people around us in our church. Um, and yeah, why don't you just thank Him in your own words right now, to just to start? We thank you, Jesus. We love you. We love you. We're so grateful for you. You're so holy, God. We're so grateful for you. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, let's sing this out. God, you're so good. Church, why don't you lift your voice? Let's sing praise God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. What's that?
lift your voice and sing our Father God. And our Father God, the infinite, the matchless King, magnificent, the living Christ, the servant Son, the find ourselves can we just thank God for how good he is maybe you got to like clap in your room all alone whatever that looks like um, you know we want to thank God for everything that he's doing he is good someone is thankful in our church that they finished their undergrad after five years amazing someone is thankful that their parents were able to receive their vaccinations someone else is thankful that they've grown uh, for the growth they've experienced alongside their connect group I love that someone is thankful that they have the motivation to keep up with staying physically active. That's great. Someone else is thankful for the productivity they had in the last week. Someone else is thankful for a community that intentionally stays connected, even with all the restrictions. There's so many things that got, uh, that, that got it's done in our community that people are thankful for. And I wanna encourage us in two things. The first thing is, if you're bothered that somebody is thankful for the vaccination, just don't be so critical. I'm just gonna let that linger. I understand. And I'm not critical of those of you that might find vaccinations, whatever. I'm not critical. I'm kind of like in the middle. Uh, I'm just like, I don't know, like, okay, this is weird. I just encourage you, don't be so critical. Second thing is, is if you're thankful, if you're thankful for what God is doing in your life and you want to just take that extra step to thank him and have our church thanking him uh, with you, 
why don't you go to our website, slatechurch.com prayer. And uh, what you can do is you can go to the bottom of that page and you can actually submit praise reports and prayer requests. During this time where we are locked down, my encouragement to us is to really use this page. If you're going through something, don't, don't go through it alone. Make sure you're leaning in, in uh, to your connect group. Make sure you're calling friends and family. Make sure that um, you're walking through this with your church, but also make sure you're praying about it. And a great place to make sure that as a church we're praying about these things is go to slatechurch.com prayer. You can submit a praise report or a prayer request every single Thursday morning at 6.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We gather over Zoom to pray for, um, for all the prayer requests that have come in over the past week. So you're invited to that. Anybody can join. Uh, most people don't turn on their mics. Um, well, nobody really turns on their mics. Um, and, uh, and most people don't turn on their video. So, I mean, even if you have to sleep through that time, just join us. And there's something amazing that's happening in our church, and it's that we're establishing the foundation of our church on prayer. So make sure you're doing that. And there's a lot of prayer requests that have come in over the past week, and we've been praying for them at prayer mornings. And so what I'm going to do, rather than read them all out, I'm just going to ask anybody with a prayer request, why don't you just raise a hand right now, wherever you find yourself, just raise a hand, lean in, and say, you know what, I want to humble myself in this moment. I actually want to externalize something that's been weighing on me internally, or maybe it's been weighing on you physically. We're going to pray over all those things. Okay, and everybody that put in a prayer request, why don't we just extend another hand in faith that God's gonna meet those who have already presented the request before God. Let's begin to pray. Jesus, so thankful that when you died on that cross, you didn't just come to reverse the effects of sin, you came to reverse the effects of illness and, and all the rest. God, you came to establish your authority here on earth. And Jesus, we're praying for that authority in that authority right now, right in your name that God, you would meet us where we find ourselves. God, I am not a fan of being locked down, but that doesn't mean that you can't meet me in the place where I feel locked down. It doesn't mean that you can't expand my spirit, that you can't expand my mind, that you can't expand what I've got going on. God, when I feel small, I pray that you would come and lift me up. God, I pray that you would remind me that your Holy Spirit is with me and that you are with me and that you're close to me, Jesus. We give you all the prayer requests that have come up. God, we give you all of the glory for the prayer requests that have been answered. And Jesus, we pray that you would show yourself as a miracle working God. In your name, amen. Come on, let's begin to worship. Come on, church, why don't you lift your voice? Let's sing this out. Our Father God. Our Father God.
church. What an incredible time of worship. Uh, my encouragement to you, if uh, you're finding it difficult to worship in your living room, uh, I encourage you to remind yourself, hey, this is a great opportunity to invite God's presence into your living space. Um, my encouragement to you is to turn up that volume as loud as you can, drown out your own voice. Sometimes people wonder, why is this so loud at Slate Church? And honestly, it's because like, I don't wanna hear myself. It really just doesn't have anything to do with many other people. Um, but I just wanna encourage you to do that. And hey, we're gonna take more moments as pastors, just to pastor our, our church through the seasons we find ourselves in. So even just a moment ago, I said, hey, don't be so critical around vaccines. That, that goes both ways, hey? I just wanna encourage us, like, let's stop making big deals out of small things. And I know there's some big things attached to those things, but when someone's thankful and they actually think that it's a good thing for the family, make sure, let's make sure we're not critical of that. But let's also make sure those that don't feel comfortable giving vaccines to their family, um, that we're not being critical of them. There's so many things that as a pastor, um, I wanna stop being worried to just say because of the reactions that we might get and that sort of thing. We need to be able to talk about racism in our church without the word Marxism always coming up. Um, we need to be able to um, establish biblical justice and, and not wade into social justice. We need to be able to talk freely and say, hey, like, let's pray for nurses and hospitals that are actually overwhelmed. Well, while understanding that there are some hospitals where nurses aren't overwhelmed, we, we need to have a bit of nuance in our conversation and in our prayer requests and the way that we're talking as a church. And so I hope you hear our hearts, church. We're gonna be leading ourselves through this season because the truth is, is that God remains victorious even in the midst of a, a time where a lot of us are greatly frustrated with a lot of different things. And so we're gonna continue to pray for our government. We're gonna continue to pray for our leaders. We're gonna continue to pray for ourselves that God would show up in the midst of the things that we're going through. Does that sound good? Awesome, why don't you just drop, drop like a sounds good pastor in the chat or if, uh, maybe just yell at the screen. Maybe like if you're angry with me in that moment, why don't you just yell at the screen? Be like, you're so wrong, Brandon. Even that will do. Um, I wonder how many houses that just happened in. But anyway, um, really, really, um, uh, glad to be here and just talking about giving. I'm not gonna give much time. See what I did there? I'm not gonna give much time to this um, because we're really focusing a lot on finances in this series. My encouragement to you is in the midst of preparing for next week for our Heart for the House, our above and beyond giving next week, that we don't lose focus of giving regularly to our church. Beside me, you'll see a bunch of different ways you can give on the screen, it'll have popped up. I just wanna pray over those that are giving right now and I wanna thank you for your continued generosity and your continued giving back to God out of what he's given you. So let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for everybody that's giving right now in this moment. We just give it all over to you and we ask that you would multiply it. Thank you for the faithfulness of the regular giving of so many in our church. And God, we pray for those that are on the edge and maybe struggling with um, staying obedient when it comes to tithing. God, we just pray that you would encourage them, um, encourage them in, the, in that decision-making. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well. Church, I want to uh, let you know what's coming up. And the biggest thing that is coming up, Emma and I are gonna talk about it a little bit later in the service just to close. Um, but I wanna give you a heads up. Next week is Heart for the House, which is our one time a year where we give above and beyond our regular giving. Now, this is important to us because it allows us to do a lot of different things. Elmira exists in our church, even though we've been online, Elmira exists as a location because of regular give, uh, generosity. The studio I stand in right now exists because of 
uh, your generosity, the conference we were doing for women before the pandemic ha happened exists because of your regular giving. We've been able to do many different things um, because of our above and beyond uh, generosity rather. And so when it comes to Heart for the House next week, our encouragement to you is that you begin to pray into that right now, what you could give. We know we did one of these just six months ago and the plan is not to do this again until next year. Um, but we wanted to get back on track. And we know that this is a season where it's gonna take a lot of trust from a lot of us. Emma and I, um, while we may have just done this six months ago, are not approaching this uh, Heart for the House season any differently than we had before. In fact, I was talking to one friend this past week and he said, if we did uh, Heart for the House on December 31st and on January 1st, it doesn't change anything in my mind. It's a new year and I'm thinking the same way going into it. And I think that that needs to be our approach. Um, been mentioning a lot of people have given above and beyond in previous years. And we're not looking for equal sacrifice, which is to say, or not equal giving, which is to say the dollar amount doesn't need to be the same across everybody in our church. That's not what we're concerned about. It's equal sacrifice is what we're looking for. And so for one person, it might be mean giving up fast food for a year. And whatever you would have spent on that, giving to God. For some of us, um, you know, we always share the story that somebody gave what they were saving for a down payment on a house. Ironically, they're now in a house, um, uh, or interestingly, but whatever the sacrifice looks like for you, whatever God's speaking to your heart, we just pray that you would be obedient in that. And so next week, there's gonna be a chance to give and there's gonna be a chance to give and there's also gonna be a chance to pledge to give. And there'll be more information coming out about that. That's all the announcements that we're gonna share right now. But right now we get to hear from just a family that Emma and I absolutely love. We love everybody at Slate Church. This is a family that we've gotten to know personally over a number of years, and uh, they've been a big joy to us. And so I just wanna pass it off to Pastor Nate, Kalen, and Joseph Simfuma. Awesome, thank you, Pastor Brandon. Well, hey, I'm so excited to be here today with, as Pastor Brandon said, an incredible family in our church, leaders, business owners, all around wonderful people. Welcome, Joseph and Kalen. We are so happy to have you guys here today. Thank you, Thanks. thank you, Pastor Nate. That was, awesome. a, that was a big intro. <laughs> <laughs> Lot to live up to there. Yeah, you guys are wonderful people. You're gonna get the full intro. Um, but yeah, hey, we've been uh, over these last few weeks hearing some stories just around uh, the generosity of people in our church, but also just about God's faithfulness and his generosity to us. Uh, and I'm excited to hear a little bit of your story today. Uh, Joseph, I actually know that you have a bit of a, a unique and, and kind of powerful testimony around God's generosity in your life. Yes, thank you for this opportunity. And first and foremost, I would like to say uh, we are both very humbled to be part of this church. We love the pastors and the leadership and everybody in this church. And I love your personal, I like your passion for Christ. And uh, yeah, I've learned a lot from everybody in this church. But yeah, my story, I'm, uh, I'm from Uganda. Um, for some of you who don't know, that's in Africa. Um, uh, I was born in a family of seven. And around two years old, my dad passed away. He was pretty wealthy man. He had like a, more than one wife. So for Canadian standards, probably you do not understand that, but where I come from, that was uh, a status of wealth. Yeah. But Kaylan does not have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> one wife, so. So anyway, so my dad passed away and uh, before then, we didn't of course have to worry about anything. We didn't have to believe God for anything. And now we don't have any money, we don't have anything. That means we had to trust God, right? So I learned to trust God as a young kid. I learned to live without money. And now I had to look for something where I could put my hope in. And I, find, I found Christ as a, 
a young boy and uh, I've seen God provide for me throughout my life, like my education, even how I got here. Um, uh, after high school in Uganda, I was selected. I was among two people from Africa. Yeah. The, presumably the smartest people in Africa. Clearly, I'm not the smartest people in Africa. So we're only two um, students who were selected out of 15 in the entire world to study for free in Japan. So I did electrical engineering in Japan, and we're only 15 students in the entire world, and I was among those. And I, I give that credit to God. Like, uh, he's been faithful to me. And we were paid, like I didn't pay a single coin to, uh, to be able to do this. Yeah. And they paid our tuition and they paid for um, our upkeep. So um, uh, I think that can only take God, can take man to do that. You know? So that's kind of my story. And uh, I think um, everybody out there deserves to know so they can maybe uh, take encouragement from that or something. No, that's really great. Thank you so much for sharing, Joseph. And I think, like, it's cool, too, because you guys are now planted here. You've started a family. Like, tell us a little bit about how God has continued to be generous, even in this new season of life, and, and how that's shaped your approach to how you view your own finances. Well, I, I think for me, being married to Joseph, he has such a, a heart for giving and a heart for generosity. He... He like is just is a total exemplary of cheerful heart when you give, and that's just really been such a, an example to me. And so, getting married, starting a family. Before we got married, I feel like I I'm like the saver, so I want to like plan and budget and save like to the extreme and so being married to him has really kind of taken me outside of my comfort zone and helped me to see what joy there is in giving and you know when you have kids you buy a house all these things you're like oh it's like even more important now that I do I'm like very careful with my finances and I make sure that all the bills are paid before that you're like oh I can always just lay on mom and dad's couch like it's yeah. not a big deal but once you have like that responsibility on your shoulders I feel like you know giving be above and beyond is now it just it it's more of a sacrifice so there's more at risk or more that appears to be at risk and so I feel like in the beginning it it was very hard for me I remember when we we were married for like two weeks and he donated to a Christian charity like 15% of like everything we had to our name. <laughs> like we were newlyweds, he was still in school, like we did not have a lot of money yeah. and he gave it away and I was like livid. I was like, we need to like fly to Canada, we need flights, we need yeah. a visa, like we can't afford to give that money away. But just seeing like the peace he had and how it all worked out. And never have we come into a situation where because of giving, we weren't able to pay our bills or we weren't able to take care of our family. So it's it's been such a blessing for me to to be able to now be in a position where I can give with a cheerful heart. Because the the blessing you feel in, inside of you when you can give with that joy it's it's just unmatched so I'm I'm really grateful that he showed me that and I think it can be hard sometimes in 
maybe when you are giving in the beginning and you're not used to it, that you're like, ah, this is, you know, this is a stretch for me. But but God is so faithful and he never leaves you in want. He provides for all of our needs. And so just being able to like test that. And I think that first time he gave, it was, now I look back, I'm like, that was like not even a lot of money at all. <laughs> but that just goes to show how much God has grown us where now we, we can give like more and more and more. And I'm never in, like panicking inside being like, oh no, like, can we really afford this? Because God's goddess, right? So that's kind of, you know, moving into family life for me, the blessing I've been able to see from, from giving. That's awesome. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for sharing some of your story, just about God's provision and his faithfulness through all different seasons of life. And I think it's going to be really encouraging. I think there's a lot of people at home uh, right now who are uh, who are thinking about next Sunday. They're thinking about their bills and balancing that with generosity and, and looking at what they can give. And I think a, a story like yours and a testimony like yours and faithfulness like yours is actually a really powerful example for a lot of people. So thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Well, hey, we are uh, excited to continue on with our Revival Rumblings Heart for the House series this week. Uh, And I'm actually going to pass it back over to Pastor Brandon, who's going to give us a bit of a recap uh, about what we've been talking about over the past couple weeks as we head into our Revival Rumblings conversation. All right. Well, thank you, Kaylin and Joseph. Um, Love you guys. I'm actually beyond tithing and giving above and beyond to our church and everything else, I've been on the receiving end of so much of your personal generosity. And uh, it's you guys have actually encouraged me in my giving. And so I just wanna thank you guys for that. Um, you're, you're a real blessing to MNI, so. All right, make sure you fill up that chat right now with just like Kaylin and Joseph, like Ugandan flags, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, absolutely love them. And I just wanna let you guys know what's happening next. So we sat down with our staff and we recorded a conversation. We broke it up into three parts. The first two parts, you can go back and watch if you want, but today's the third part. And we left it off on a cliffhanger on expansion after talking about this thing called locals. I wanna clarify, you know, we're always gonna clarify, what do we mean by that and everything else? For some of us, we're in really healthy connect groups and, and we heard throughout this week, like, does that mean that my connect group's not gonna be a thing? If your connect group is really healthy or even if it's just like needs a little bit of a oomph, Uh, it likely means that your connect group is just gonna become a local. It'll be replaced by a local, but that will still be your local. So um, we had some questions around that. We just wanted to make sure we clarified um, uh, all all that came last week. So if you're wondering what is even a local, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. It'd be really advantageous for you to look uh, to to, um, watch last week's uh, service and conversation because this week we're talking about expansion and specifically when it comes to locals, we're talking about locals plus. And so I'm actually gonna turn it over probably to myself. This might be an awkward transition, but enjoy this conversation. You have a spiritual heritage here and uh, you have the spiritual groundwork is already here. And there's an afterglow that I think you feel now People are not attending church today in Canada as they once were. But I believe that Canada stands in a very unique position. If Canada should have a spiritual awakening and a spiritual revival, I think many uh, people throughout the world are looking for a leader. They want somebody to emerge. Well, till the Lord Jesus comes, he's the one that's going to emerge finally as the world leader. Till he comes, Canada 
could help lead the world in a spiritual awakening. All right, that was great. I think that gives us a good picture, a good understanding. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, we've got something else coming, right? Because right. Locals is so great, but there's there's more to this vision and right. more to this mission of what's happening. And really, that seems to come out in expansion. Yeah. Expansion. <laughs> or Locals Plus is what we're calling it. So you guys all know that expansion has actually been a really... Um, key part of who we've been as a church up until this point. We really believe, as Jenna was saying earlier, that we gather to actually scatter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, gathering unto itself and everything else. This is what you see in the Tower of um, uh, Babel, where they gather together. They got new technology. We can be sufficient unto ourselves. And they just want to gather everybody to hold them all there and honor themselves, it says in that story. Right. And Jesus, or God, scatters them because he's going, this has yeah. never been, I, I said to go be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. Well, that's also still the call on the church right. is to actually go forth and multiply. And Jesus says this in the Great Commission. Yeah. And so we actually see a way forward. We want to be clear that we're not doing away with things like extension services. We've got an incredible community right. Right. Uh, in Elmira that's thriving. And we're still going to launch extension services in the future yeah. when God leads us. Right. That's a harder thing to imagine right now with the shutdowns and lockdowns and we're in and we're out and all the rest. And we don't know what that's going to look like. Yeah. It's harder to conceptualize when we're going to be able to do that. We had one lined up uh, that we were about to announce uh, really shortly. And then COVID hit. Yeah. And so that's still on the table. But taking this idea of multiplying, taking this idea of uh, going out, making disciples of all the nations, taking the idea that we want to focus primarily on Ontario during this season for our church, and considering the fact that all of a sudden we believe that COVID has actually given us a gift. You know, COVID's done so many different things, and it's, it's scattered people in an unhealthy way at times. But one thing it did is it's taught us as a church how to utilize technology. I get this question all the time. Like, what, what are we going to stay online forever and that sort of thing? Well, of course, we know that's not going to be the case. We see, you know, in places in the States where they're able to gather again, like people are flooding back. That's what people want. Absolutely. But can we use technology to leverage? Can we use technology to leverage the multiplying that we want to see within Ontario, the making disciples of all of Ontario? Can we actually see the BHAG of seeing a slate church, a big hair audacious goal of seeing slate church in every municipality in Ontario? Can we actually see that in our lifetimes? I believe, Emma believes that we actually can. And we believe the way to do that is to harness technology and combine the vision with locals. And so we're calling it Locals Plus. That's such like an Apple way of saying it. Um, but Locals Plus. Locals Plus is this way of actually seeing locals that are designated, specifically designated, grow from locals to locations. Now we added the locals plus because if you're within the region of something that already has a physical location, we're not looking for you to make that another location. It's not like, wow, my, my local is really taking off. Like it's time for us to make this a, a location. You already have a location yeah. in the Waterloo region. Like right now, if you're in the Waterloo region and you have a local, that local is not turning into a no, location. No, no, no. But that's where a locals right. plus comes in. That's right? right. In that case, your local would just multiply as it comes to the location that's already established. But we already know of people that have been tuning in from all over Ontario uh, in the midst of COVID, and they're already indicating what would it look like to have a slate church where we are. 
What a phenomenal question. Yeah. And what an incredible opportunity that's before us. And so we've been saying that we've been investing in the studio for something more than just the studio. Right. And it's a little bit like dating online, although the metaphor certainly breaks down at some point. But the idea of dating online is to push people to meet online, but eventually uh, have an in-person encounter right. with yeah, one right, another. Yeah. And, um, and so for us, we know that our online campus is actually a conduit to be able to expand across Ontario. Now, does that mean that we're going to ignore everybody that is making online campus their home? Absolutely not. But it also means that we're also going to focus on the physical location aspect. So what this would look like for some of them, we already have a couple of couples in conversation right now, and they're actually prepared to launch a Locals Plus where they find themselves. And the idea would be for us to coach them from becoming a Locals Plus to a location. What this would mean is that a local that's thriving, we see a good leader, has a vision to see Slate Church where they are in a different municipality outside of where we already currently find ourselves. We start in conversation. We say, what does it look like to actually establish a local where you find yourself? As that local starts to gain traction, well, what does it look like for you to multiply those locals and actually be responsible for them yourself? After that starts to take place, well, what does it look like to actually turn this into a watch party? Let's start renting a venue, and we actually have a watch party we've been recording, and and that goes out online every week. And now we're going to utilize that in your location. Well, as people start to gather, of course, musicians are going to start showing up and say, well, what does it look like to actually have a live band here? And we'll utilize the speaking from the HQ in in Waterloo, and we'll actually utilize that. And then what does it look like to start actually raising up a communicator in that location? And now we have a full-blown extension service where before we had a desire to see a life-giving church in an area that potentially didn't have one, and now we have a life-giving church that grew from the desire within to move from a local to a location. Now, one of the things that we love about this is it's not us going in and saying, we believe in this region. We believe in all of Ontario. But it's actually people saying, no, we believe in this region. And I had this vision. You guys know this. God was showing me. I wanted, I don't think I really discussed this with Emma, but I, I wanted to go to California, surf and pastor. <laughs> Coming from a guy that never skateboarded, has not been near the ocean more than five times, and I, that was my dream. I think I saw a Francis Chan video one time, and I'm like, this guy's living the life. And, uh, you know, so that was what I was on my mind. And then all of a sudden, God showed me at an event where there was no Canadians represented, mm-hmm. but they were putting on this event. Canadians all showed up. It was in Hamilton, and God said, who's going to take care of my own backyard? Wow. It's not to say that people aren't taking care of the backyard and other... we got incredible friends all over the country. But honestly, God started to give Em and I a real vision for this ground that we find ourselves on here of a huge heart. We all know that all of you have a huge heart for it. To actually see these locations spread across all of Ontario. And we really believe that this is a viable option to actually get Locals Plus all over Ontario, growing into locations where we actually see the gifts of God spreading and yeah, then yeah. the values of our of our province begin to expand as we, like we'll talk about this in a second but i, I want to give us some hope in this strategy you see when we look at paul paul was this guy that um uh he uh, uh he was a serial church planter right. okay he was a serial church starter he was like yeah. just starting churches wherever you want and paul's whole disposition was not to sit around and pray in a room and everything else. Right. God's, where do you want me to go? Yeah. And, 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 and right. should I go there? I don't know. And let's just wait. And I feel a little uncomfortable about that. So I don't know if I want to go there. Paul's disposition was to say, God's already spoken. Yeah. He said to go make disciples of all the nations. Yeah. And what he would do is just go yeah. and start churches. Yeah. And then what he would do is he would actually wait for the Holy Spirit to stop him mm. 
from going into it. So it was opposite. It wasn't sitting around waiting like, God, show us where to go. It was like, God, we're going to go and then tell us when to stop. So we're going to walk through. We're going to bust through doors until you like put a steel door on and tell us that's not a place. We see this in Acts 16 where it says that he was led by or stopped by the Holy Spirit to not go and preach in the province of Asia. Paul never started churches in Asia because he was stopped by the Holy Spirit, but he planted them everywhere else he went. And we see this on Paul's missionary journeys. Well, what does modern day missionaries look like? But but saying, listen, we need to have this life-giving discipleship community where we find ourselves and let's do it and let's grow into it. We see this with Jesus. He sends out 72 of his closest followers. He sends them out in all these different regions and he says, go. And he says, if they welcome you, let your peace reside there. But if they don't, shake the dust off your feet and move on. You see, it's a going mentality, not a like, should we do this? What if we fail? What if we go and we say we're going to start a locals plus in this area and it doesn't work out? I think Jesus is like saying, guys, I told you to go make disciples. I will tell you when to not do it. I will shut things down as they need to be shut down. But what does it look like for us as a church to start taking a chance on the province we live in, take a chance on somebody that doesn't really work out, take a chance on a local that doesn't really get it, take a chance here, and rather than go, okay, we're going to announce to our church, we're going to launch this location, what if it doesn't work out? And all the panic and say, you know what? God has already told us to go. Let's go. Let's equip. Let's lead. Let's show the gifts of the Spirit rising up in these locations. Let's take chances to fail and see that maybe, just maybe, God has a flood, a harvest ready. And so what our role is right now, as Locals Plus starts to become conversation, there's a couple already ready to go. I'm super excited about that and more uh, information on that to come. But what if we started actually praying for more workers in God's harvest field that he already promised is plentiful. And I believe that this province, this province is plentiful. Sorry, Beth. I was just going to say, um, I like this gets me so fired up. And I even like um, Nate and I have had the privilege of attending our Elmira watch parties recently. And um, just it's just an absolutely an affirmation that this heart of expansion is absolutely where we need to go as a church. Yeah. Um, I actually went to high school in Elmira and experienced mm. a lot of friends who stepped away from the church because there wasn't a church presence that met them where they were at. And wow. Wow. as a result, just turned around and never looked back and the fact that now we have this life-giving transformational church in Elmira where we're seeing lives are are changing every single week um to be able to bring that to the rest of Ontario gets me so excited because now I'm seeing like in my hometown where how that's changed and now being able to see how it's going to change across the rest of Ontario and as we reach uh different municipalities so cool it's so cool I love that. And I love that question of just like, what what does it look like? I think mm. that's such an important question to actually be asking ourselves because when you pair that question of what could this look like with the Holy Spirit, he shows yes. you what it could look like. Yes. And we're in this season now of, of, of COVID and stay at home orders and lockdown, whatever the, the language is you want to yes. put on it. Yeah. And I think it would be such an easy time to be like, well, it can't look like anything. Right. Like this is what it looks like right now. What we see is what it looks like. But when you pair the Holy Spirit yes. with that question, wow. he's wow. now given us this this roadmap and this wow. blueprint wow. of how to reach that big, hairy, audacious goal of seeing yes. all of these people in Ontario become disciples. Because I think without that and without leading into the, the leading of the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't have had that roadmap. Yeah. No, but now true. we actually have these next steps it's and these true. ways that we can go into these, these yeah. municipalities. And like, thank you, God, for yeah. where we are. We're in a pandemic, but you've yeah. given us the direction. You've given us the roadmap. And so now all we need to do is 
just be obedient. And there's a lot of, of just, I think, excitement in that. We can yeah. actually get excited about the future instead of feeling like we need to shrink back or just wait yes. on another yes. season to actually act on what God has for us. That's right. I think just like thinking about this idea of just seeing uh, healthy discipleship and people who are living a Jesus-like life all across our province, like I start to think about like, what is that going to mean for just the culture of our province, the culture of our country, for the people who are getting elected into government, who are a part of this movement and are a part of what God is doing and are surrendered to Christ, people who are creating beautiful art and filling our uh, museums and our shows and things like that uh, with actually doing it of a place of just like, loving the beauty of God's creation, of seeing people who are uh, raising healthy families and kids and a next generation that is just like, has this such a solid, firm foundation in Christ for the rest of their lives uh, and seeing marriages that would have fallen apart actually being strengthened and coming back together and like seeing statistics on healthy marriages be different in Ontario than the rest of Canada. Like just this, just the power of what this can be as Jesus Christ gets a hold of people all across our province. I think yeah, I was gonna pop in. I'm gonna in. say uh, it's uh, it's interesting too because this series revival rumblings. That's what we're all feeling right now. And even what yeah. you're saying here, revival. Okay, so what God is the blueprint that God, the Holy Spirit, is actually laying out for us. What we're feeling right now is the like preparing for it. We're feeling the yes. rumblings of this revival, yes. and it's like the blueprint that that's leading to is actually revival. Wow. And exactly what you're saying, what we're gonna see across Canada, what wow. that look like, it's revival, and the Holy Spirit that's has right. that, and we're actually leaning into that by uh, uh, stepping into this expansion model of locals plus and i think that's what gets me fired up too as you were saying like it it opens your eyes and it 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 expands what we're looking at so much bigger than just what's here in waterloo not just ontario it's it's canada and it's the world and and god has such bigger things in store for us than we even know and we're just we're just starting yeah dream bigger it's so good i love what you know even as we're talking about this now we know that our church is listening in on this conversation right and i just love that yeah. right now, as people are hearing this, that there's yeah. a spark mm-hmm. in hearts that are happening of going, hey, I could start a Locals Plus. Like, it, it makes it accessible. It makes yeah. it manageable of going, hey, I just want to gather people around, right? People who are outside of the Waterloo region who have now joined in our church uh, because we're in this online state that all of a sudden they're taking that vision and going like, and sensing that right now. And yeah. that's the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. Just giving that prompting. Yeah. And then I'm excited for the people who are in Waterloo Region who are going, hey, I I know somebody. My cousin lives in Milton. My my uh, my friend lives in North Bay. My whatever, and I'm going to send them a message because you know now I'm not just inviting locally to church. I'm actually inviting these people into a church that can be accessible for them where they're at. Because we all of a sudden now have this this platform of online and this expansion idea in mind of what this can look like, and I think. As we start to look through that lens and as we start to think through that lens and pray through that lens and as the Holy Spirit ignites these things in us, mm-hmm. there's no telling, right? Like yeah. what's going to come out of the woodwork right, right, right now, right? Like this, yeah. it's it's amazing how God does work things together, right? Yeah. We never would have yeah. expected the season that we're in right now, yeah. right? No one could have predicted COVID yeah. and online and all these things. And yet I believe that God's working it in an yeah. answer to yeah. people's prayer. And, and, and it's pretty incredible when you start to see that, exactly yeah. as you said, kind of that revival yeah. start to take place. And isn't that the truth of revival? Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's the um, waited upon, like prayed for, yes. but slightly 
unexpected, yes. right? Yes. Move yes. of God yes. that no one could have predicted, that no one could have put their finger yes. on. And you just go, okay, God, like you are, yes. you are so much greater yes. than we are in all of this. Yes. And we're excited for that. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. My, uh, I was asked a very deep question during COVID. What is your deepest longing? And I took a long time to wrestle with it. And truthfully, I want to leave this place I live better than what I left it for my great, great grandkids. And that's my deepest longing. I want to leave some sort of impression on this world and that it would be better and more aligned with God's uh, reality for this world than when I came into the world. And I thought, maybe I'm supposed to start at that in politics. Like, I mean, all these things start to, well, where's the best place to start to do that? I believe with all my heart, the best place to start is with the local church. And if we're going to change governments, we need to change on the ground. Jesus started a grassroots movement. It started on the ground. He didn't go after the powers that be. He went after the, he he actually went to reach the people, the love of God, the truth of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, but the, the reality of God's kingdom. And that changed everything forever. And I really believe that this is something that God's laid on our church. Now, one more thing for those of us in Waterloo, and something we just want everybody praying for. And of course, we know and we're starting to look for these things. Yeah. Um, but we need a home base for all of this. Yeah. And so we've actually been looking at leasing different properties here in Waterloo. Yeah. Nothing's come up that catches our eye. It's something that we've been trying to take care of relatively internally. But we actually want to invite the rest of our church into this conversation with yeah. us. Okay. Listen, our church does not exist to get a building. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we don't need to have a building in any of these other locations okay. to actually yeah. be the church there. Yeah. We've seen that by existing for the last nearly four years without a building. It's not necessary. But one of the things that we do have that's been located at Maxwell's this entire time is our studio. And there are plans. As you notice, the things that we're talking about today are both physical and digital. We're going after both strategies, and we think they're both important. But we need to have a place to actually create a home base, whether that's a larger gathering area coming out of COVID. In the Waterloo region, the larger gatherings are going to be a little bit uh, uh, harder and harder. So maybe it includes a larger gathering, but certainly something that includes a home base for our city impact initiatives within Ontario, uh, our, our, our main site studio that goes out to all of these locations and locals and local Locals Plus, and a place where obviously, you know, staff and a meeting place where we can continue to come back to so we can gather to scatter. So we're going to invite our church into praying about this with us. Uh, maybe somebody has an idea of what we should look into and that sort of thing. Um, but we actually, we want this to be something, uh, I think previously maybe the strategy would be to just figure this all out and present it to the church. We actually, before we have anything figured out on this, we actually want to invite the church into praying about this with us. Um, the truth is, is that we're not going after a building. That's not the mission of our church. But if that's something that can enable us to do this better moving forward, it's something we're going to look into. And it's something that, you know, as we continue to raise funds for Heart for the House, it's a portion. We'll go towards that eventually. And so I'm really excited. Absolutely. I'm really excited. I know you are. Yeah, I'm so excited. We've not been this excited in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty amazing just to see how, like, God has laid all of this on the table, really, and is like, okay, go and make disciples. Like, you know, like that's really the, I'm going to empower you with the Holy Spirit and go and do it. And so that's really the call that's being put out here right now is going and doing it. And the first like really tangible way, of course, like we get to determine uh, really the the speed of the vision. We get to determine that. And a big part of that absolutely is finances. And, and next week, is our heart for the house giving. Yeah. Yeah. And next week is this above and beyond opportunity to give. And yeah. and this is not a bait and switch. And this is not a, 
This is just an element of saying like, hey, I want to invest and we're going to sacrifice. And God, I don't have to control all of this and I don't have to uh, uh, just hoard my own finances and those sorts of things. I'm going to generously give what you would have me give. And if we can all come open handed to that, man, it's incredible what God can do for each one of us as individuals and everyone listening in. But it's going to be like mind-blowing what yeah. he can continue to do through us as a church because listen i believe we are open-handed we are ready to go we are seeking the holy spirit we're ready to make disciples and we are stepping into that in this year and in the years to come so it's going to be so good we're we're pumped for it we hope you guys are too of course and uh everyone listening as well it's so good I guess that's it. I don't know how to end this. <laughs> that's the end. All right. That's cool. it. Love it. All right, church. Well, listen, you have heard all of these revival rumblings, conversations now, and I'm excited to bring to you a little bit more teaching surrounding our heart for the house, surrounding generosity. And if you're taking notes today, you can entitle this message, Generosity is Our Responsibility. I'm going to jump right in because I don't have a lot of time today, but I got a lot to pack into this short period of time. And I want to read from 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 7. And this is the message version. It says, remember, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what, what you will give. That will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. You see all of this teaching that we're doing surrounding our finances, generosity, tithing, giving, all of these things. This is not arm twisting. This is understanding God's plan, God's work, God's word surrounding our finances so that we can act that out in our lives. Why don't we pray quickly here, church. Jesus, I thank you that we get to be a part of your kingdom in all facets, including financial, God. And I just pray you would speak through me today and that we would just be open to receiving the word that you have given. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, listen, we've been talking a lot about finances, a lot about giving, a lot about having our finances in the right order and our giving in the right order over the past several weeks. And I want to talk a little bit today about this concept of tithe and about this concept, uh, concept of giving and generosity. You see, tithe is this thing that we throw around in church, this idea, and it literally means a tenth. And this is not a new idea. You know what? Giving to the church, giving back to God out of what he has given to us is not a brand new concept that we have come up with in our modern age in order to fund a not-for-profit organization. That is not what this is about. This actually started in the Old Testament, the part of the Bible that looks forward to Jesus coming. We see this right at the beginning. We see actually three different types of tithe that are described there. We see the Levitical tithe, 10% annual to the Levites, to the priests. We see a festival tithe. This was 10% uh, given that was set aside to celebrate the feast, uh, celebrating God. There was a charity tithe. This was 10% given every third year and every sixth year to support foreigners, orphans, widows, the needy. If you add this up, there's a total of 23% of income every year that God's people would give back to him out of what they had. On top of this, there was the year of Jubilee. There were commands not to optimize your profits. You see, generosity during this time consisted of contributing to those uh, set aside to do the work of the church, so supporting your church, your pastors, supporting and celebrating with family, taking care of your church family, and then giving 
to the needy. There was a lot required in this, in this tithe, and we get this idea of tithe from the Old Testament. But so often when we're talking about tithe and thinking about tithe, I mean, I get this question all the time. Well, isn't tithe like an Old Testament thing? It, didn't Jesus come and take care of that? Isn't that something we don't have to do anymore? Let's go to the New Testament church. Acts 4.32, this was the early church just getting started. This is what it says here. All the believers were one heart in mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own, but they shared everything that they had. So yeah, we can do away with tithe, but gosh, we've got a lot more that we need to give in that sense of it. You see, they go even a step for, for, further and they release and surrender it all. The point of giving, the point of tithe is to recognize that it is our responsibility to give. It is our responsibility to fund the mission. It is our responsibility to take care of the local church that God has given us, that he is working through today. It's our responsibility to do that, church. You see, we need to do the same and have the same heart and the same mind that believers have throughout the generations. We have to recognize that it is important, that it is, an, it is expected of us as believers. It is not a question of should we give. It's not a question of should we feel like it. It's not a question of should uh, we maybe think about doing this. It's a question of what will we give. It's a question of what do we need in order to be able to live and be able to function and do all of those things. But it's a question of, God, what would you have me give? A tenth, a tithe, is a great starting point. But we need to recognize that generosity goes much beyond a simple number or a certain number that we have set aside. That's a great starting point. I encourage you to set that aside. When we talk about regular giving, we are talking about a tithe. We are talking about 10% because we see this in scripture. We need to recognize that it's a question of, of course, I am going to give. But you see, it's not a matter of amount necessarily. The amount is a bit relative here. Mark 12, 41 to 44, it says this, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more into that treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything that she had to live on. You see, church, we aren't under the law of tithe any longer in, in that sense, in the Old Testament. But we need to recognize that Jesus did not come to abolish the law, to remove the law. He came to fulfill the law. And we see an even greater description of generosity through Jesus. We see an even greater description of what it looks like to give financially. We see an even greater celebration of what it means to give sacrificially through Jesus. As I said before, a tithe, a tenth is simply a starting point because we see the fulfillment of the law. Jesus, when Jesus talks about giving, he talks about it sacrificially. You see, sometimes when we talk about finances in the church, I, I sometimes get a response back, okay? And it usually goes like this. You know, we put so much emphasis on finances. Shouldn't we be emphasizing other areas of generosity, right? We need to be generous with our time. 
We need to be generous with our gifts, the talents that God has given us. We need to be generous with all of these things. And it almost seems sometimes like people want to put a little asterisk on the financial conversation and say, yeah, yeah, but don't forget about these other areas of generosity. Don't forget about these other things that we can do as a church. Don't forget uh, that this is a great way to be generous. And this is a great way to be, and I'm generous with this, so I don't really have to be generous with my finances. I can just kind of keep that to the side because I'm generous with my time. I'm on a team, right? I'm generous. I'm on City Impact, so I, I'm generous with my, my talents and my gifts. I, I give in that way. I don't really have to do it with my finances. But you see, it's important to recognize that when, what Jesus is saying in Scripture is that generosity is all of those things. The generosity is all of those things, but not withholding finances. You see, Jesus, when he's watching this take place in the passage that we just read, he doesn't balk at the woman who's giving two cents. He doesn't say, oh, no, 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 you don't have that much, so maybe you should just go and give to the needy. Maybe you should just drop some cookies off at your neighbor's house, and that would be the nice thing to do. Maybe you should just join a team at church. That's how, it, how giving actually looks. He fully expects that people are going to give. He fully expects that there's going to be a financial sacrifice in giving, but that does not take away the other, and the other does not take away the financial. Do you see what I'm getting at here? It's a holistic perspective. You see, there isn't this element of, of saying, okay, you know, in the early church, let's just stop with the, the giving and stop with the providing and stop with those things. Let's just do something else instead that's also generous, that's also nice to do. You see, these things are not in competition with one another. When it comes to our generosity, our finances, and our time, and our talents are not in competition with one another, but sometimes we like to just take away the one just to make ourselves feel a little bit better, because that's pretty hard to surrender and uphold the others as enough. It's actually about us giving out of all of those areas. That's why we talk about serving people. That's why we talk about city impact. That's why we give opportunity like crazy to be a part of a team here at church. That's why it's important to serve the needy. That's why it's important to do all of those things. But it's also important to give. It's also important to be looking at our finances when it comes to generosity. It's not enough just to do the other without this one. I love in Matthew 23, 23, it says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have, to have done, but get this, without neglecting the others. Jesus is talking about a holistic mission here. He's talking about a holistic area where we cannot forget about love and justice and mercy and faithfulness. We can't forget about these things, but we also can't forget about the tithe, about the giving, about the sacrifice, about the release of our finances. I want to be clear here what I'm talking about, though, this, though, is that this is not a works mentality. It's not just about, okay, if I just give enough, then that's going to be enough. Or, or if I don't do this, then somehow God's going to be upset with me and angry with me and I'm going to get the wrath of God and, and all of these sorts of things. Giving is not, is not a, a, a way of saying, okay, God, I'm good enough now. Here's my ticket into uh, your good books because I gave financially to the church. That is not what this is about. God's grace covers all of that. You are already fully accepted. But listen, there is an element of choosing surrender that is a powerful release. Our finances are such a sticky point for us, aren't they? 
where we just go, I don't know, uh, that above and beyond giving comes every single year and I just feel a little bit guilty or I feel a little bit uncertain or I feel a little bit like, oh, maybe there's something wrong here. Again, this is not arm twisting. This is just a recognition that there is something powerful that happens when we release our finances to Jesus. And I wouldn't be able to talk about this if I wasn't convicted by this myself, that I have experienced the power of releasing my finances to Jesus, that I have experienced the incredible uh, uh, opportunities that God gives us for, for, uh, uh, to give to others, to give to his local church, to invest in what is happening here. And listen, when a group of people do that, it's even more powerful. I don't know about you, but uh, I wonder if you've ever driven through Toronto on the 401. You've driven down the 401. It is the most wonderful thing. Listen, Brandon and I dated long distance. He was on the other side of Toronto. I have driven that highway so many times. And it is a wonderful thing when everybody is up to speed and moving and going and on it together and headed in the same direction and everybody is just going along. But how many of us know that when all of a sudden you see those red lights, those brake lights, it is a frustrating thing to slow to a crawl and not know how long you're going to be in that speed. And then to only get to the place where all of a sudden you've gotten to the slowdown and it's simply a stalled vehicle on the side of the road. That is a frustrating feeling when you're just going, this is just someone stalled on the side of the road. Listen, the same sort of thing happens when it comes to our finances as a church. When we can do it collectively, when we can all give collectively, there is an ability to move forward the vision of the church. There is an ability to move forward in the same direction, in a fast pace, what God is doing through the church. But when one of us stalls out on our finances, when one of us says, I'm just going to keep this, I'm not going to give sacrificially, I'm not sure if I want to do that or be a part of that, it actually slows everything down. We get to determine here, church, the pace that we are going to move. We have heard incredible vision week after week at Slate HQ, Church for Generations, expansions with Locals Plus. It's an exciting time to be a part of Slate Church. Regardless of what is happening through this global pandemic, it is an exciting time and there is plenty of vision, church. Trust me on that. But we get to decide the speed that we go at. We get to decide how we are going to fund that. We get to decide what it looks like to be sacrificial here. I'm excited about what is to come. But it's a, a collective decision how we determine the pace of it. And church, I just want to say from Brandon and myself, we are so thankful for the generosity that you have brought forward as a church, time after time, year after year, week after week, we have a financially generous church and we have seen so much incredible things come out of that. And here we are a week, in one week from now at another Heart for the House and we are asking that again, that you would make a personal decision to say, okay, God, what would you have me give? That's the surrender. And that we would collectively come together and fund the vision that God has. And I believe we are going to see incredible things over this next year that's going to take place, that's going to set us up for years to come through your generosity, through you taking the responsibility of your finances, not only at Heart for the House, but week after week after week. It's incredible what that release does. And on a personal level, it's incredible what, what it does when we actually give up to God what is His, what He has given to us. It's amazing the stories and testimonies that come from that. It's incredible to watch. I've seen people come out of debt. I've seen miraculous stories happen. And listen, I could tell you for hours just our, our stories of what have happened. And we don't give so that we can receive, but let me tell you, it's a byproduct of it. It's just a byproduct of it. God never leaves us in want. Surrendering our finances is a spiritual practice. 
funding our vision collectively is a spiritual practice. And God is so good in the midst of it all. Listen, I want to pray for us, church, as we go into this Heart for the House Sunday next week. But before I get there, I just want to invite you. Maybe you have tuned in. Maybe you've tuned in a number of times and you're just going, okay, you know what? I have realized that I can't live my life without Jesus taking the wheel. Literally in that. Okay, that song just ran through my head and I hope it did yours too. It's a good one. You can look it up. But listen, maybe you're at a place where you're just going, I need Jesus to, to be the driver of my life. I need Jesus to actually um, be the one that I surrender to fully, not just finances, but every aspect. If that's you today, I want to encourage you just to make that decision in your heart right now that you're going to surrender yourself to Jesus. And I'm going to pray for you. You're going to get some more information about what that looks like to take a next step in that area afterwards. But I want to pray for you right now. Jesus, I pray for every person who's making a decision to follow you today, to surrender to you today, God. We thank you that you give us that opportunity, that your death and resurrection has given us that opportunity to live free, to live in the clear, to live uh, without sin because of you, Jesus. We thank you for this in your name. Amen. And listen, I just want to pray right now over our heart for the house next week as we prepare ourselves to give and ask God what he would have us give. And we are excited about that as individuals, as families, as couples, what that looks like. Why don't we pray together, church? Jesus, I thank you right now that we actually get to release our finances, not to a greedy God, not to a God who is going to take, not to a God who, who doesn't have uh, the best in store, Lord, but we get to actually release our finances into your kingdom, into your vision, into your local church and see incredible things come out of that. So Jesus, we trust you with that today. We look forward with anticipation for Heart for the House. And I just believe right now that you are working in our hearts, Lord, into what financial generosity and the responsibility we have looks like. Pray this in your name, amen. Why don't we worship together, church? Oh 
so special. I literally ran in and I didn't want to redo this take. My mask is still on, sorry guys. I don't know, I don't know where I was supposed to be. I apologize. But guys, what an incredible service. I think Emma, are you gonna join me? I think you still have on your lav mic. You messed it up too. Well, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> like what's happening? I like saw should you we over there? I don't know. We're camera three. Oh, there we are. Hey, we are going into um, we're going into Heart for That Sunday next yeah. week. We're really excited about the things that God's been placing on our hearts. Ontario really needs some good godly leadership. I mean, this has nothing to do with our current political situation. It's just um, when you look around, um, we need better values. We need our kids to grow up in a society that um, believes that God can still be a part of it. We need, um, we need godly decisions being made at all areas of government, education, um, construction, retail, all the rest. And we really believe that as we continue to expand across Ontario in the way that God's led us in our hearts, that we could actually see um, in a couple of generations, like things actually moving in a really good direction. We might be in a post-Christian nation, but what would it look like to like actually pursue um, and realize that maybe it's just a pre-Christian nation. Maybe we could actually pursue Canada being known for Jesus Christ. We believe it. Like we're, we might just be naive enough to go into the future saying, God, maybe you could use us, but it's all we've known on our lives. It's all we've known is to, this is what God's placed on our, our hearts. And I mean, you guys are just as ridiculous to follow us. <laughs> so why don't we do it together? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we just wanted to remind you, and I know I just said it literally two minutes ago, but we wanted to remind you, Heart for the House is next week. And this is just really an opportunity to lean into that, to, to say, okay, God, like what would you have me give? And it's as simple as that, just to ask God the question, to see, and, and you can sit on it for a couple days. It doesn't have to be like, okay, let's see the heavens part and see what that looks like. But what does it look like to give sacrificially? What does it look like to trust God in this season and see what happens out of it? It might sound ridiculous, but the way that we confirmed the amount we were gonna give last time, last Heart for the House, was just a number really imprinted on my heart. And I passed three signs in a row with the exact same number, and I was like, that's it. And we went with it. It, it was kind of foolish to give that much with that being, it's not foolish. It's, yeah. it, it was just the way that God spoke to us. And, and so I think the other thing that we needed to mention is just how to give next week. Um, you can both give um, next week and you can pledge. We'll give more information next week as well, but I believe it's all gonna happen at our website. And so if you go to slatechurch.com, uh, give, it, all the information is gonna be there on the webpage, how to pledge, how to give right then. Um, we don't want to extend this this yeah. uh, this moment any longer. You guys know what's happening. So, um, sorry that band and everybody. Mitch, also, I think you're in the background of this. Want to smile? Mitch is the best. He, he's the. Anybody else want to smile? David, come here. David, you got a mask on. Come here. Everybody, say hi to David. Like this guy's like like he's a one man show. He does that. He's carrying a camera right now. I just. Guys, we love you. We <laughs> Have love a our great church. Sunday or whatever day you're watching this, go enjoy your week. We'll see you next week, Heart for that Sunday. Week.